Welcome, everyone, to Second Star to Left, the podcast and everything fantastic, strange, and science fictional. I'm your host, Matt, with my co-hosts. I'm Bert. I'm Katie. I'm Meredith. And I'm this week- yelling! <laughs> Thank you. Uh, do we even want to have a question this week? I'm not feeling it. I want to have a Politics I've, is everywhere, a, and it sucks. A reader actually sent me in a question. Um, oh really? Yeah. I'd love to hear more about it, Meredith. Uh, there was a reader named uh, Squirrely Squirrel Jerky from Albuquerque, and he sent in a question <laughs> that said, um, and the question he asked because he's a gamer is, if you could have any one science fiction or fantasy themed video game made into a movie by uh, Ridley Scott or Guillermo del Toro. Um, Let's say Ridley Scott to keep it in legend territory. If you could have any science fiction or fantasy game made into a movie by Ridley Scott, what would it be? This question sounds very specific. It's, it's strange. Well, listen, um, turkey, tur- hey, turkey jerky from Albuquerque yeah, is jerky. a man with specific tastes. <laughs> squirrel jerky from Albuquerque. His friends call him squirrel turkey jerky. Squirrel jerky is valid. All right. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And this is gonna be this is gonna be relevant. Turkey jerky kind of read my mind because I have some video game related observations um, for when we're talking about legend. But yeah, just a game, a game that you would like to oh, see okay, Ridley easy, Scott easy. make into a movie. Sure, Command and Conquer. Oh yeah, it's oh, and it ties back to Tim Curry. Yeah, can, yeah. Matt, well, I mean, he's can a you nice. addition. Can you give me the line, Matt? You know the line. Spice. <laughs> Spice. <laughs> I have decided to flee to the only place uncorrupted by capitalism. Spice. 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 To really embody, you have to like look up and just like relish it. Spice. Spice. Well, the best part is right before when you can tell he's reading the cue card and just like taking it in. He's like, "Oh, that's what I get to say." I love this. Oh yeah, he cor- he corpses. Master. He corpses hard in that clip. He corpses for the man. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would say Dark Souls. Bless you. Yeah, my feelings exactly, Katie. <laughs> Is that good um, or bad? I think that would be good. Katie, what's okay. a what's a video game that you would like to see specifically Ridley Scott make into a movie? Ah, uh, I'm like thinking, and I, I thought about like my favorite games, but I don't want Ridley Scott to touch them. You're a capital G um, gamer, right, Katie? Yes, I am. I am a real gamer girl who is frustrated by all these fake gamer boys. Mm. Who haven't even played? Uh, no, I know what it is. Sorry, I want Ridley Scott to do Barbie Horse Adventures. Uh, yeah, that's- <laughs> yeah. I can imagine all the slow mo Barbie Horse action. Pony Island. <laughs> that late Ridley Scott is so known for. Mm-hmm. And so here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's our here's our pivot. My answer is our pivot into the episode. I would like to see Ridley Scott make The Legend of Zelda. Oh wait, um, yeah, too <laughs> late. That's too generous. For no, no, no. This movie. Uh, I mean, the point. The point I'm going to make in the episode is that Shigeru Mi- is that Shigeru Miyamoto. Because I was thinking, if English weren't my first language, and I was just watching this shit subtitled. Because when you watch like a foreign film and it's subtitled, you tend to make a lot of. You tend to be forgiving with like stilted dialogue because you're like it's probably being translated wrong. And if I were mm-hmm. Japanese, 
and the translation was clunky, so I was like kind of overlooking that the acting was a little weird and bad, and I was just taking in the visuals of Legend. I would leave the room and go, oh yeah, that little adventure game that I've been cooking up for the Nintendo that's going to be coming out two years after Legend comes out. Yeah, no, I, I have found the theming for it. I will say that's the most positive reading of Legend I can imagine possible. He's, I like it. It's got, it's so, it's so intensely, it shares so much DNA with The Legend of Zelda specifically. Speaking of Legend, here's the trailer for Legend. Something really special that I've been promising to show you. Always go now. Because I'll be here for a short while. Don't you trust me? I trust you, Lily. Nothing is more magical. As long as they rule the earth, evil can never harm the pure of heart. I'm big and red. It's very visibly not me in a fight scene, and then it shows me from the shoulders up, and I'm getting horny about evil. Welcome to Legend. I can't believe this trailer is so literate. This is crazy. Literal, I should say. And literate as well. Hello, I'm Tom Cruise. I used to be a twink. What happened there? I have the same voice as Tim Curry in this movie. We're all the same. <laughs> We're all played by the Nigerian man who played the alien. <laughs> it's all Hi, I'm the lady that Tim Curry wants to bang. Hello. <laughs> I'm also played by the Nigerian man. I'm very flexible. <laughs> I've got the I've got the range. I am definitely not Lee Smith. I am not Lee Smith at all. <laughs> It's, I also play the fish man in the shape of water. <laughs> but weirdly enough, I did not play the moon man from McDonald's. This is starting to sound like Bobcat Goldblum. This is like a deep, deep cut Doug Jones fan cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Doug jo- I think Doug Jones is our... Uh, God, who's the fucking Buffy guy? I always forget his name because I hate him. Joss Whedon. Yeah, Doug Jones is the anti-Joss. Uh, that's, oh, a like good, that's a good and call. Nice yeah. And not... Not secretly trying to fuck every lead actress he can. I don't think he might. Uh, I don't think even Doug Jones is the Mac tonight, if you will, to the sun that is. Just, I'm sorry. To the burger, <laughs> to the up. unsettling Burger King that is Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon is is that is that? Remember um, the McDonald's play place mm-hmm. where you would go to that one like tunnel? You go up and it's mm-hmm. suddenly like the burger's mouth is a jail. Yes. Joss Whedon is the burger mouth jail. Okay, and Doug, That's and it. Doug Jones is Mac tonight. Yes. Um, I don't think... <laughs> Someone do some fan art about this? I don't think yes. Doug Jones knows what a human woman's feet look like, let alone has ever <laughs> asked for pictures of such a thing. <laughs> so what's Legend about, everybody? <laughs> I'm, I'm playing legend. Matt's role now. Legend is a, a college freshman read about Zoroastrian dualism and just got wild. So legend is what happens when you have a D&D campaign and you don't really follow the rule book at all. No, that's Kroll. 
I don't agree with that. That's cruel. Yeah. This this isn't D and D. Maybe D and D like first first edition or something this wacky. A, this is a fairy if tale. Got, that okay, got very if, out of hand. If you got really if you got really high on LSD mm-hmm. and you told the story of the Lord of the Rings while you're rolling, that's legend. I would say legend is a movie made to destroy people with allergies. Um, <laughs> if you have hay fever, legend was made to put an end to your life. That's why it exists. I think Le- um, Legend is an incredibly flimsy script op- uh, operating on kind of basic fairy tale and Zoroastrian dualist kind of mythopoetic structures with a plot that's largely irrelevant and lots Meredith's of... giving us so much respect that it does not deserve. And lots of, lots of very specifically <laughs> like Irish and Northern English mythology. Um, all kind of ham-handedly and incompetently in support of what is effectively even more than Crawl was a special effects experiment. Um, yes. I think that, I think that uh, Legend is the... You know, you know when John Wick came out and everybody was like, whoa, John Wick, it was just like, it was written by a bunch of stunt people and like stunt people did it just so they could see what kind of like ass whip fuck fucking cool stunts they could do. I think that Ridley Scott had that alien money. Ridley Scott had that sweet, sweet alien cash. And he was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's see what we can do with special effects. I'm bored. And they just got a like a script that would work, you know, because Tom Cruise, because it didn't really have a lot of star power. Tim Curry was Tim Curry was, you know, a kind of niche actor. He's buried under makeup. Anyway. He's buried under makeup anyway. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say Tim Curry has ever been an A-lister. I would say he's a beloved actor, but he's never been like an A-lister. He's a character Agreed. actor. Tom Cruise was a relative unknown at the time. Um and then everybody else was just kind of like, so there's not really star power <laughs> drawing anybody to the thing. The script's bad. It's just a feast for the senses and an experimentation in special effects. Katie, how would you sum up legend? A $2 million budget and glitter. There's a lot of glitter. A lot of glitter. A lot, a lot of, of fake snow. A lot of snow. A lot of um, pollen. The snow was all glitter. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you even imagine working as a, as a set crew member in this? Yeah. The absolute hell that you must live in every single fucking am, day of your life. I am a homosexual. I can imagine interacting with that. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> Touché. There's a lot of pollen. There's dust. There's ashes. There's, what do you call it? So cherry blossoms. It's, it's uh, like, oh, you it's, mean, uh, excuse you, Baka Gaijin, you mean Sakura? Exactly. <laughs> Domo arigato. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Sumimasen. Um, most of the time, um, <laughs> I noticed you didn't say Itadakimasu before you broke into your Italian ice cream. <laughs> itadakimasu. Uh, anyway, so yes, it's the the frame is constantly um like claustrophobic with particles. <laughs> it's like what the fuck am I watching? It's like people are in a wind tunnel and there's things blowing at and them. And this the whole is not time. imaginary Dorito dust. We can all confirm that there's all. Listen, all my apology of- was on the last episode. Okay, I'm very sorry. Can, Please but forgive we, me. We can confirm every frame is full of airborne schmutz. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a dirty film. And Tom Cruise's teeth have not been capped yet. So I th- I thought Tom, yeah I thought Tom Cruise's he seemed more human in this one. Like Tom Cruise, he, he can't be cocky in this. Tom movie. Cruise in Legend seemed like a towny twink that you would run into at a gay bar, you know. Exactly. Um, which is a, it's charming. It was odd seeing him 
It's weird. So uh, we, can we all agree? Like even 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 you're all you're all straight, right? So I would love to hear your interpretations. Tom Tom Cruise is. I think I'm straight. Tom Cruise is yeah. a gay man. Yes. Like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, and you know he doesn't have to come out of the closet if he doesn't want to. But it's in that weird Scientologic area where um I don't know what he has going on, but that would be the easiest guess. You know, it's like the whole Travolta thing. Yeah. Um, Except I don't think Cruz has been caught as many times as John Travolta. Oh, has John Travolta has. been caught right in the baloney pony? John Travolta has, like, guys at gyms that swear, like, that he's totally gay and he's hiding it from everybody. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise... Being a good ally means I don't speculate about people's sexuality. Well, I'm allowed oh to. Oh, my God. I'm... So, Tom, but Tom Cruise pre the point is Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise in this movie before he got his teeth capped and when he because he looks young in this movie. Um, he probably is young. He was he was super relatable in the in the, in this, See, in this okay. film. You say that, but like my impression of him in this film is just the early burgeoning Tom Cruise intense stare. That he looks at everyone oh, with, yeah. like yeah, he looks like he's... he he would if his eyeballs could like the pupils could like start munching on things, <laughs> they would devour me a Sarah. He looks like he's a, he looks like he's about to go full Travis the chimp and rip off the face R- of whoever he's looking at. That's an yes. incredibly granted, dark reference. Mia Sarah I'm so sorry. is Mia is an absolute snack in this film, so like I I can understand. Please, you're like, an ally. You can't you can't talk about how she looks. It's not allowed. Um, <laughs> seven seventeen year old Mia Sarah. Oh, oh no, oh, Matt. Um, I th- I, d- I do uh, think I think she got I think she looked cool as hell in her goth. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> I thought I had it all together, but I was led astray. Um, can we talk about how fucking dope she looked? When, in the goth? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, We're not allowed. In the evil outfit, in the, like, Hot Topic outfit, after... That's, like, uh-huh. the coolest fucking scene in the whole movie. <laughs> that is the only... Yeah, that is the only good scene that I enjoyed. Yeah. I hate it so, so much. So, when somebody liked to... And I hear y'all have been blaming Bert for us watching this movie, but it was, like, fully my idea. I, I feel bad that I haven't been paying attention to the group chat, because... Bert insisted, though. Bert insisted, oh, I guess. What the fuck does we, that we mean? We could have escaped this... I was trying to pull us out of the gravity well that is this movie. Okay. And Bert's like, hold on a second. Let's turn off the engines for a second sure. and see what happens. Let's get the and process then we start to here. the black hole that is like. Let's good. get the process of events. Okay. Meredith suggested the movie, and I insisted that we watch a bad movie once in a while because, God forbid, we ever watch any bad well, movies. And I wanted to watch it because growing up, I was the kind of girl who. Obsessed over Neverending Story and Labyrinth. And I will say, if you have that little girl somewhere in your brain, Legend is a significantly more enjoyable movie. Because I, I'm not generally an advocate for, well, just turn your brain off. But if you can grab that little girl in a Lisa Frank sweater with braces and pull her to your forebrain and let her look at the movie Legend... She, her eyes light up. Like, I think if you'd shown me this movie when I was nine, I would have said, well, Neverending Story and Labyrinth are better, but I really liked the unicorns, and I thought it was really cool when she got to wear the cool black dress, and I wish I could have a unicorn like that. That's what I say now about this movie. Yeah, but I've, I was always like, I wish I could have watched this when I was a kid, and now I've finally watched it. Oh, Matthew's, In case hold on, anybody... Matthew's on the phone. Oh, he's on the he's phone. He's on the phone. They're calling to let him know that Bernie needs him. We're keeping all of this in. Um, you know, the I heard uh, when he got in the chat. I um, 
he was crying, mm-hmm. and when y'all weren't paying attention, I asked him why, and he said, listen, please don't tell any of the other leftists, but I was, like, secretly <laughs> hoping that Pete would win. <laughs> <laughs> and he just... Ladies and gentlemen, we got him again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's apparently a big rat stan. Um, he's, a, oh, wow. he's a big rat head, uh, is what the Pete fans <laughs> call themselves. That's okay, you've, you've seen my... Um... My shameful political tweet of the year, right? What was that? This is getting cut out. On the, no, I can't tell you because then you'll make fun of me for the rest of the episode. I tweeted that I kind okay. My brain is somehow broken because I kind of think Amy K is hot on some level. I don't know why. Um, I what? I don't I don't get it. But mutually Amy Klobuchar mutually assured des- destruction. I am intensely attracted to Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I want Tulsi Gabbard to step on my throat and. Call me a stu- and call me a stupid little girl. Exactly. Um, I want Amy K to throw a binder at my skull and murder me. I don't know why. It makes no sense. Also, I'm looking up. I looked up Legend Tim Curry, Legend of Zelda, and I am not. And we'll come back to this. You can put this part in or whatever when Matt gets back. But I am not off base in saying that it seems like Shigeru Miyamoto and everybody else at Nintendo saw Legend and were like, "Oh, cool." I thought Probably. that the, that was, like, canon, though. I thought, like, I read somewhere... Well, maybe it was speculation, but I guess, like, even, like, if you go to, like, the IMDb trivia page for this movie, like, in the trivia, it's, like, one of the first ones that, like, this inspired Legend of Zelda. So, US, usgamer.net uh, reports that a lot of people believe the Legend of Zelda was inspired by Legend. The parallels are certainly there. Legend stars a wild, adventurous boy who must rescue his lady friend from the clutches of evil. There are deep, dark forests, fairies, swords, shields, prophecies... Um, however, the first and oh, they both say legend in the title. Mm. That's the most um, important part. I think what I struggle with most is that this felt like Neverending Story, and like I, I think I think Neverending Story has this really awesome the, the book uh, conceit or mechanic. Yes, that, like it's a story being read helps provide a structure to it that legend really lacks. I think where I struggled was like, what are the rules? They're not really explained. I sort of like have to like let it wash over me, and that's why. Like, yeah, being the fucking film nerd that I am, like, I wish I'd known more about the rules. I have a little more structure to that, so I could get into the film or like understand the stakes involved. Because at this point, it's like it feels like a cosmic struggle between good and evil, without really understanding the stakes involved besides good and evil. Well, the unicorns make it so that that evil can't win. So if you kill the unicorns, then evil. It's look, okay, those at home, the the plot to this one is really like you. It's a stinker. <laughs> it and I think they rewrote the script like a billion d times or something, but there's nothing. I don't even know why. There's nothing to the script. It's just it's all very typical. Like you, it slides off your brain because it's just like there's there's not many lines, and the lines that are there are very very poorly acted. It's unless a fantasy they're coming from Tim thing. Curry or Tom Cruise. And even then, but even then, Tom uh, Tim Curry is saying stuff like you know he's sliding by on his ability to choose scenery. Like, he sure. just relishes being evil and awesome and epic. This is a style over substance movie. Like, this is yes. about costumes and sets and particles and 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 uh, lighting and, and all kinds of wacky things, special effects. It's not at all about the story. Like, if this story was shot without these special effects, no one would care at all. No. Krull has a better story. Yeah, Krull has a better story, and Krull also has significantly more likable helper characters, I think is one of the things watching this movie I appreciated about Krull, because the special effects for the goblins on the evil side 
and for the like the various fae fae creatures of the forest um on the good side were, were tremendous you know it's a visually stunning film but every single time any of them opened my opened their mouth i wanted to i wanted to <laughs> i just i understood how mothers with postpartum depression feel because i wanted to grab these little squeaking monsters and just shake them until they stopped that's like the goblins and the good fairies were just insufferable in the lines that they said, where they were just morons, and in the ways that their lines were delivered, and just it's like you know, it's like it's like when you watch a movie that's intended for children, which I I could I don't know if Legend is. It's very scary. It's got the devil in it. But like I remember, <laughs> I watched I watched the Transformers movie for the first time with Anthony, friend of the pod, and I was I was having a perfectly fine time. Transformers. Were You're getting, talking about the '80s Transformers. Yeah, movie. Transformers were getting that's shot important. and killed. And then, like, the new Transformers showed up, and there's, like, a dinosaur one that talked like a moron, and there was, like, a very fast one who talked really fast, but he just, like, said everything in a different way three times, and he said it in... It was awful! It was awful! Like, those kinds of characters. Legend is just Tom Cruise, Tim Curry, and a pack of all of the, like, Olaf from Frozen helper characters from kid movies (laughs) who you fucking hate. Who you hate. You don't love to see it, folks. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's legend. I, At the end, we're good. I have a, We've done it. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is, Ridley, is Ridley Scott stupid? Because <laughs> I, I saw Alien, and I was like, when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, this whips. The man, the man or men behind this must be geniuses. And I think that the original screenwriters, I forget their names for Alien, were pretty smart. And I think um, H.R. Geiger was pretty was pretty 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 much a genius um and i always assumed ridley you know i think the actors were really elevating the material and i always assumed ridley scott must have more than one brain cell and then i watched blade runner and then i learned everything about the director's cuts and the fucking unicorns and shit and the voiceover with deckard saying it's fucked up if you think about it you know at the end <laughs> and i and i started thinking and how the whole movie is about how, like, a man who shoots slaves in the back learns that maybe that's bad. And I started thinking, oh, is Ridley Scott fucking stupid? Is he a fucking dumbass? And then I saw Prometheus, and I was like, oh, no, is Ridley, is Ridley Scott a maroon? Like, is he, is he a fucking Paisano Marone? <laughs> and then I saw, and then I saw Alien Covenant, and it was just like, it was like the fucking red letter media, like, uh, Plinket review voice, like, oh, no. Oh no! This is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst thing since this is the worst thing since my wife got coronavirus and didn't die. And then I go back, and then I went back and watched Legend, and I was like, "Oh no, he he's done been a a dumbass. He's stupid. He just got luck. He like lucked into a set of like tremendously potent and like really tight themes and symbols in Alien, and kind of just everything he's done since then has been." Deeply stupid, but with enough money to kind of gloss over it. I mean, like, that's well, basically how most rich people succeed, right? Yeah, yes. Luck. And you just stumble I, I on will, it. I will defend Kingdom of Heaven as a movie that I really appreciate and enjoy. Kingdom of Heaven whips. Um, Kingdom of Hearts. Yeah. Classic. Go on. I think this, this this movie has a lot of drugs in it. I don't know where the drugs came from. Can I, I ask you a question? I don't know where exactly they were consumed, have, but there's a lot of drugs in this movie. Have you ever done psychedelics? Yeah. Okay, so you get it. All right. Round round the table. Katie, have you ever done psychedelics? Nope. Me either. Big fan. Love them. Yeah. I... 
I started. My my brain is too broken. Uh, it kind of like permanently breaks it in a way that I do not enjoy. I so. started. I started recreationally consuming acid and mushrooms in my late twenties, which is also weirdly when I started to believe in God. Um, <laughs> and when I started, and when I started to believe in Ridley Scott, I thought he was a. I thought he was an op before I before I got into DMT. Thanks, Joe Rogan. Yeah, no, but like, it just feels like there's not a lot it's excessive i think this is a good example of like how not to do world building and it feels a little bit like this sort of like conceit of the 80s where like we can just make fantasy stuff and just like not really make make any rules and just like let it be a thing and let magic be this kind of like elemental force but i think what i enjoy more is when the magic has a context and an explanation for it and like a meaning behind it like you know, you can imagine a, a fantasy world where to do magic, it requires life force. That's a very meaningful thing that someone's given it part of their life to create something that is breaks the rules of whatever's going on. Um, you know, blood magics. Yeah. Like, this movie, like, there isn't really a um, meaning for it. I will say what I liked a lot in the... We watched the um, theatrical cut... The score kind of helps feel that like washing over oh, yeah. thing. Like it feels it ridiculously. 80s. Oh yeah. But then also the the ending. I I did kind of like the ending that like nothing is settled. Um, nothing matters. I mean, I will say as a I will yeah I will say as a Jew, I'm not the biggest fan of Zoroastrian dualism, and I philosophically it is incredibly vexing to me. Um, I do want to say. That while we're talking about so legend is kind of yeah the apotheosis of the way that the late seventies and the eighties did fantasy, um, whereas like really heavily leaning on like fairy tales and like these very elevated modes, and really not thinking, not necessarily not doing world building, but just kind of not like the thing I remember thinking about in legend is the of the handful of human characters we are given, one is. Tarzan, basically, that's Tom Cruise. The other is implied to be a member of some kind of noble caste or some kind of royalty. And then there's a handful of human. She doesn't even live in a castle. Yeah, there's a handful of human peasants. And um, the 80s, 80s fantasy is all about, you know, the stories of these lords and ladies and nobles and maybe disgraced nobles who are like rogues now and their peasant helpers and really glossing over. Uh, glossing over how they get their food and how they get you know all of this shit which is my way of saying i think that in a post hbo game of thrones world um people have been justifiably shitting on game of thrones and a song of ice and fire for their flaws but the legend is a good reminder about why the novel game of thrones was revolutionary when it came out um because like even even ursula Le Guin had kind of done a lot to revolutionize the themes that fantasy was willing to explore um, and the subject matter it was willing to tackle as far as like not just being about war constantly but and 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 she did a lot of really good uh, sociological science fiction with like left hand of darkness mm-hmm. um, but it. I would not say that Earth uh, Sea is a sociological fantasy movie and I think that George R. R. Martin writing Game of Thrones which is like a seminal sociological fantasy story um, which is taking all of these like tropes from fantasy stories and all of these archetypal characters and saying, okay, here's where they get their food. Here's how they maintain their power. Um, here's how society is organized in a way that gives them access to all of this money and all of this leisure time. How do you feel about them now? 
um, where like even the good guy is shown beheading a man so that he can maintain the like secret police force that keeps the Scottish where they're supposed to go. Um, and I think, and this is relevant to a discussion of legend because I think legend is, I think legend is the most naked, grossest expression of that kind of fantasy as a vehicle for the dreams of the wealthy, um, which I think ties it into the leftist mission of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a beautiful analysis. Well, well and also yeah, the, um, the goblins and the forces of darkness are coded as poor. They're coded as industrial workers and ugly people and fat people and, you know, like, non-white people. Deformed. Yeah. Deformed and laborers and living in a weird industrial society. And of course, because he's played by Tim Curry, even the devil is like coded as queer in a weird way. Whereas these ideal, beautiful, good beings are, some of them are old. As straight as possible. Yeah. As straight as possible, white, um, pleasant to look at. And if they're not pleasant, then they're affable in a very specifically like middle class kind of way. Um, I, th- I think that yeah. I think legend is the most is a, is an incredibly odious example of this way that fantasy serves the dreams and interests of the wealthy. Uh, Katie, I'm curious to hear about like how you relate to like '80s fantasy stuff. Were you like a labyrinth, never-ending story person, or um, were you? I definitely was. Um, I never. I don't remember liking Legend um, when I did see it. I think I was not allowed to watch it for a long time. It has a big Satan um, on it. Yeah, but which, you know, that's that tracks. Um, the thing <laughs> is, like, I don't have a lot to say in this movie because I don't remember it in a fond way. Um, I remember it even, like, when I watched it as a kid, it being mm-hmm. bad. Right? Yeah. Like, it... I remember even, like, as a little girl being like, why is everyone literally covered in glitter? Um, like, even a child me was like, this is bad, and, like, most of it's poorly shot, and it definitely didn't have a good story. Um, and, like, I say that as someone who collected, like, I had, like, unicorn figurines, and I had the unicorn poster. Like, you know, I was, was fucking all in, but I just don't remember liking this movie. Um, and I definitely like it even less as an adult now who can appreciate, I don't know, like good, like good, me- Like good media, yeah. Yeah. Did you see so, they've got a Lisa um, Frank eyeshadow palette now? Um, I think they have a Lisa Frank everything. I mean, as far as eyeshadow palettes go, they're going to capitalize on like everything. I'm pretty sure they have a song of Ice and Fire eyeshadow palettes and oh, at least sure. like three makeup lines. <laughs> it's all gray. It's just smoky eye. <laughs> nah, but like, they, they definitely have like the house. I'm pretty sure I've seen like ones that are like, you know, oh, House Lannister eyeshadow or something. I was going to say, like all red and gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. Um, when I saw it as a kid, I think I remember. It's it's a little over the top in place. I mean, it's very over the top in like the effects department and the costuming and all that stuff. So I think I remembered all that, and the music is uh is very very fun because it's a Tangerine Dream soundtrack and it's out. It's 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 like you get Vangelis for Blade Runner and you get Tangerine Dream for this. It's it's wacky, but um, perfect. Though. I mean, like perfectly wacky who, for what whom, it is. Yeah. Whom amongst us does not miss the golden age of prog rock? You know, it's excellent, but. Uh, I remember those things, but I, if you asked me to remember the plot, I'd be like, well, there's Satan, and uh, Tom Cruise has to save the girl from Satan, which is actually the plot. But, like, <laughs> I was like, well, well, how can that be the plot? Because then there's, like, nothing to do in the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no talking or anything. And that's because there, nothing happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long was it? It's like an hour and a half, maybe? 
Yeah, it was short. It was a short film. It didn't feel short. No. It felt like <laughs> just like Meredith's <laughs> just no. no. It's 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 when you want to get off the psychedelic train and you're just like not yet. Oh no. <laughs> no. It's when you're oh, it's when no. you're tripping on acid and your friends take you to Whole Foods and you start feeling like Jeff Bezos is watching you. This is not a specific example. It's just something I made up. I promise. <laughs> But Jeff yeah. Bezos is definitely watching you because he's bored and rich. And, and I am a, I am a human. He's grown for I am a too. human woman, which we know from his texts he's a fan of. Oh God, yeah. There's also that. <laughs> but um, now I'm thinking, when is the last time? What is the last fantasy story you remember reading or watching? Where I don't know. I guess the main character of Legend is a poor person, except not not really. He seems more like a woods. He's a he seems elf. more like a someone who doesn't wear pants. Yeah, what's the? <laughs> yeah, he's he's a Peter Pan ripoff the, or a yeah. or a or an inspiration for Link. Um, but he's just young vermin supreme. That's he, all he has is. a he has a mirror shield. He has like mail armor granted to him by a fairy who literally looks like a point of light with wings when she walks around. He. Mm-hmm. I do like Legend of Zelda way more, though. I'll I will say, that. I think that the Tim Curry, the Tim Curry Darkness character, shares a lot of fucking DNA with Ganon. Um, Did y'all know there was an originally uh, a rape scene in this movie? No, there was right, originally a rape scene in the book that this is taken off of. This is taken. But they from also a book. shot it. They Are shot they... it too. Uh, and then yeah, this was taken out. from from a book. Well. God, that got cut out. Yeah, I think everybody is. <laughs> I don't. But um, I don't want to see the seven foot tall Tim Curry man rape a woman. It's when she gets turned into Dark Lady too, so it's just bad all over. And I think they had they had test screenings with it, and the test audiences are like, "Yeah, um, let's not ever fucking do that." And they were like, "You know what? That's probably a good idea." And they just cut we're it. We're like, out. "This sucks." Um, um, but yeah, when was the last time you watched Red? anything a fantasy story about a protagonist who was understood to be a member of the working class or lumpen proletariat of their society who what did not then turn out to be like secretly a descendant of royalty or whatever mm. i want to say wizard of earthsea but i think that's i don't i can't recall if he was a if he had some sort of secret ancestry but i think wizard of earthsea is like the last one i can think of that was like about your average everyday person. Yeah. You're talking fantasy. Yeah. I yeah. think The Witcher, I don't think uh I don't think Geralt of Geralt of Rivia and um what's her what's her name, the sorceress, I think they both come from relative poverty poverty. Oh what about, the Witcher what about was also, Jupiter Ascending? Oh, oh never mind. The Witcher was the Witcher <laughs> the Witcher was also written as specifically as a deconstruction of stories like legend. Because sort of like with Game of Thrones, right. the writer for Witcher looked at legend and never ending story and every more more things like Legend and Lord of the Rings and was like, well, yeah, but what do you do if Aragorn's not around and you have a fucking Hydra in your swamp? There's probably, like, some guy you hand cash yeah. to deal with it. What's he like? Um, or, like, what are all the people who weren't good enough to rub elbows with Gandalf? What are, what are they up to? Um, yeah, I would say that's a big reason NeverEnding Story always resonated with me is that the protagonist is just a fucking normal uh not normal kid he's just a fucked up kid reading a book mm-hmm. skipping skipping class and then in the and f- his mom's dead in the frame in the frame atreyu's not like a super big deal like he's super surprised to have been brought to- well they're 
because they're connected by the story. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Katie, did you have one that you thought of? No, I'm like actually looking at a list to be like, what fantasy books have I? Yeah. It's pretty rare. Read? Well, even movies, you know. Um, what about like actually? Now that I'm thinking about it, um, mm-hmm. I think the last like fantasy series that I actually enjoyed. Granted, it has its pitfalls, and I'll critique some of the seasons. I actually kind of like the magicians. Okay. Oh yeah the the books the books for the magicians are a lot better than the TV show. The, I like I like the show as a sort of a trashy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a caramel covered popcorn type of experience. Hell yeah! Um, but it's ridiculously horny, and you're, it's depictions you're of sexual it. violence. I don't know. Okay. It's depictions of sexual violence are, it, it becomes a major plot point in one of the seasons. I mean, as a, per, uh, it's hard to say if it's done quote unquote well, but it does seem to have some gravity behind it. It didn't feel like it was a plot point to advance a character in the way that a Joss Whedon like TV show might use sexual violence yeah. in that same way. I w- I will also say circling back really quick, uh, if any listeners are frustrated by media like Legend and are looking for material that elevates the fantasy genre. We've already talked Ursula Le Guin. We've talked Neverending Story does this kind of story better. We've talked The Magicians, which is itself... The Magicians is really... The books are a subversion of the idea of Harry Potter, basically looking at looking yep. at the existence of Hogwarts and saying, oh, these people would be like bored, degenerate perverts. Like, like the wealthy, but worse, because, you know, magic... Um, disconnects them. I would say we talked about The Witcher. You already know about A Song of Ice and Fire. You could not go wrong with the Black Company series by Glenn Cook. It's basically about like the dark, the Dark Lords and Gondor. They have to pay soldiers. Um, that would involve mercenary companies. What's life for them like? Um, hmm. The Malazan Book of the Fallen series by Steven Erickson has a lot of protagonists who are like kind of like high and mighty members of the nobility and their societies, but also just kind of like really prominently features and humanizes the the kind of the, the scum and the working men and the street rats of the world that he has built. And the um, the uh, Book of the New Sun quadrilogy, of which I've only read The Shadow of the Torturer, um, but again, features more kind of like people who work for the nobility and people who make food and criminals and less like, hello, my name's... Cromulor, and I'm the son of Gwyn- Gwyn- <laughs> Gwindlebeer and Borbalorb, the mighty who, who used his tree trunk arms. I, I come from the high mountains. Yeah. I, I bear gifts. I come from the high mountains. and well met. I had, so I had <laughs> access to surplus food because I live in an unequal feudal society, and that allowed me <laughs> to rip 14 peasants in half at the peasant flugen. And now I'm well, a hero. I think, you know, have you all ever been to medieval times? That's what this is right now. I, I went there and I brought a hard drive full of barely legal pornography and left it. That's why I'm a hero. That's a um. Uh, hey, I've got exciting news. Stop playing fucking Borderlands. Um, Meredith, you know, you're talking about sort of like this film as a fantasy fulfillment for rich people's idea of what fantasy is that makes me think of how game of thrones ended so poorly and because um, it became a game of because it became less a story about indicting the wheel as danaris calls it and it literally just became ooh, what are danaris and cersei gonna do next week it turned it 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 changed from an indictment the the, the political intrigue and loses that so like people have made that thesis already of like it moved from a sociological study to a psychological study 
of like the characters, which is one way of looking at it. But I think also it would only work if they weren't all members of the nobility. Fantasy is most of the time structured around that sort of epic storytelling of we put ourselves in the role of the the noble hero, Mm -hmm. like literally noble both of character but also of birth, Mm -hmm. and follow him as he realizes his destiny. And I'm purposely using the term he. as he realizes his destiny and gets with the princess and wins her through valor and good deeds. Um, and I think game of Thrones, like not only subverted that idea um, in the sense of like being a sociological study, but also in the sense of like, it wasn't a story about those people as much. Those people like their, their arcs were not meant to be heroic heroes journeys. Uh-huh. And that's where the show I think failed at that because it did become that rich person's fantasy of like, well, everyone gets together and then we, they make brand the ruler. Cause that's the most reasonable, logical thing that everyone would do. And they save off democracy for another several hundred years. Yeah, no, I think you're completely, completely right. And also, uh, I was also thinking, and I might ask you to repeat yourself because my brain was wondering while you were talking, um, that I want to add to the list of recommendations, uh, the First Law series of books written by Joe Abercrombie, starting with The Blade Itself, is a book that very specifically looks at these kinds of fantasy stories and says, no, Gandalf would be a shithead and would deserve to die. Um, and I just wanted to double back and see, were you asking me a question? Um, I'm very, I'm very <laughs> hungover. I'm sorry, were you talking about Game of Thrones? Because I yeah. kind of zoned out. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying I appreciate that. Like, that makes me... like. I think that it offers us a lens to look at the Game of Thrones finale as a failure in another yeah. light. Yeah. Well, this like light of like it's it's it the because the story became about Benioff and Weiss's fantasies about like how it should yeah. end and what how people should. Well, because they're rich, and rulers. so it didn't occur to them yeah. that the nobility should stop. There's a little scene, and I would I would say this movie, this movie, and the end of the Game of Thrones TV show have really made me reach the breaking point in my half-humorous, half-sincere belief that plot is largely irrelevant and, to a certain extent, um, a retreat into spectacle over actual art. Because, no, it... I, I think I think the, the final seasons of Game of Thrones are what happens when you just, like, just do plot. They're just plot. Without any substance. And that's bad. It's stupid. It's just a sequence of things happening. Um, one after the other, cascading into each other. And I would say Legend is the opposite of that, where they're like, no, it's just operating on this mythopoetic, symbolic scale, and who who cares if A following B following C makes sense, or if, like, anything follows, or if the world makes sense at a glance, because we're just gonna do what Meredith's been saying, and we're gonna make something that's pretty and that pops from scene to scene, and it keeps the, the viewer engaged, engaged, and I got what I want, and it turn, turns out it sucks. Um, turns out it sucks, and I guess you need a little plot. You need a little plot. That's ah, you turn it around on it. You turn it around. Now we need plot. We need plot. It turns out that <clears throat> movies is a land of contrasts. Are you a fascist pervert yes. now? Because you need plot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I am, basically. It turns out movies is a land of contrasts, and the answer is somewhere in the middle. Jesus. I'm gonna go watch the CinemaSins episode on this once we're done. Is there done. one? Hold um, on, let's. Yeah, someone else talk. I'm someone sure else talk for a minute. Well, I look oh this God. Up. I'll be honest. Okay, so Katie and I have not talked much this episode because there's nothing to this fucking movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's it's, literally this movie nothing. Is just like a fart that dissipated. 
Just <laughs> but it's a very glittery fart. Exactly. That's the only notable thing about it. A glitter rim butthole goes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best succinct description of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're into that, you know, you should yeah, go for probably it. be in prison, but you can watch the movie <laughs> if you want. Anyone who <laughs> has sex should someone's be in prison. Yum, Bert. <laughs> no, just glitter fart. This, mo- this movie is like this movie. You probably like feet. This movie you know, is like felching, but if the person you're felching had been eating a lot of gogurt and glitter for a week before you did the deal. No, now which one's felching again? I'm not. Going. We've established. Oh, I got. You can, <laughs> you can Google it. Where can we find you? I on thought felching media? is when you were trying to like <coughs> sell your wares. No, that's fencing. Sorry. So wait, fisting. <laughs> Felching is where you take the swords and you and you go back and forth. No, right? that's fencing. Yeah. Uh, um, felching is uh, felching is actually when you're a dog and someone throws something and you bring it back to them. Okay. Oh. oh okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I know lots of people. No, you're that. supposed to say no. That's fetching, <laughs> and then somebody else says a word that sounds. Um, where can I be found on social media? <laughs> God forbid. I don't know. God forbid. Uh, uh, at Meredith can be found on social media. Yeah, no, at Mayor so. underscore squared. On Twitter, M E R underscore squared on Twitter, at Frothy Sea Witch on Instagram. Um, I promise I won't talk about felching on your TL. <laughs> I don't know. I do not believe you well, for even a second. Sometimes the scorpion lets you cross the river, you know? <laughs> she has another account for that. Shut up. Um, shut up. Don't blow up my spot. <laughs> I'm uh, at Refreshing Time. Um, I will probably be freaking out come Tuesday, but you won't hear this till. We release it. So, uh, congrats on Bernie winning, everybody. Really, oh, really feeling good about it. He did it. He did I it. I've cursed us permanently now. Oh, and at Coriolis Music, I will have music out soon, I swear. My name is Tim Curry, and I am tired of the 1% hoarding all of the unicorn <laughs> horns. And I have sent my my greatest, I have sent my greatest bro, Blix, out into the mystical forest <laughs> to... Do aggression at women and unicorns and bring me back the horn. <laughs> uh, I once again need you to uh, do more harassment online. Thank you. Yep. I am once I am once again asking you to contribute to my campaign to destroy all unicorns. <laughs> uh, I only have one Twitter account and it's at AnimeWeedFart69. Woohoo! The best Twitter account. Oh, it it hits like an aged scotch every time. <laughs> Sometimes it hits different, though, you know? It's a fine fine vintage. It should be hitting different, though. (laughs) Sometimes it'd be like that. You can find me at A Very Big Bear. Follow the cast at SecondStarCast on Twitter. Email us at secondstarcast at gmail.com. Maybe we'll read your questions, just like Squirrel Jerky did. Jerky Jerky, to his friends. Um, I would say we're all friends now at this point. Exactly. Um, Thank you very much for listening. Um, If you... I'm going to put in a little plug here. My apartment has been turned to a staging location for Bernie canvassers. Um, we will not discuss electoral politics, but if you want to make a difference, please get involved. Um, DM me on Twitter. I'm more than happy to get you involved. Um, but please do this because we need your support. So um, go and do something. Also, if you have a friend with a carpentry shop, guillotines aren't that expensive to build. Lumber is pretty cheap, especially if you mm-hmm. use pine. And that's our option after November if it doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Have a wonderful week.